Hello and welcome to the QPR podcast. Happy New Year everyone. It's 2018. We haven't recorded a podcast for what seems like ages. Um, I'm David Fraser. Uh, let me introduce uh, my colleagues, the guys around the table with us tonight. There are four QPR fans. Uh, to my left is Morris May. Good evening. Hi Morris. Uh, uh, second time on the podcast, I think. Uh, no, it's actually the third. Close. Um, and we have a very special guest with us. We have Dog... Dog. That sounds more or less like Dog yeah. Helvik. Yep. From QPR Norway. Yep. Who has a uh, welcome. Welcome. Thank who you. has a fascinating story, actually, about the Nor- uh, QPR Norway, which we'll come on to. Um, and then there's actually a, a, a little story to tell you about the final person around the table tonight. Um, you can read more about it in my forthcoming book, My Story, from the QPR podcast to the QPR podcast. But here's a quick excerpt to welcome him. Well, uh, to welcome him. When deciding who the final person was to join us on the 8th of January 2018, uh, we looked at all sorts of podcasters. Then Ian Taylor, who's a great sounding board for us, said, why don't you try Paul Finney? Uh, on the other hand, Neil, our sound engineer, and Richard, who sorts the website, were a bit unsure. Uh, the view was that although he's always talking about Flowers Island, Connor Washington, he might not be strategic enough to move the podcast on in the direction that we want. Uh, and he also meets the most important but he also meets the most important qualifying criteria around that is, of course, availability. And he is available tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Finney. Great. That's what to stay quiet for. That's what you had to stay quiet Great. for. Absolute genius. Hello, Paul. I'll tell you what, Shakespeare's in his grave. If ITV... Shakespeare is in his grave. Yeah, spinning. But if ITV needed a script, comrade, there you go. David's free. How are you, Paul? I would be a lot better if we actually won a ficking cup match, but yeah, I'm all right. Mm, well, we'll come on to that. We'll come on to that. Right, let me get the bits and pieces. Thank you for the, the wonderful first. intro, David. That's I, all right. I really. That's I'm, all right. I am worried about Ian, your... Asked Ian, and he he said you'd be good, so we went with it. I, I'm, I'm worried about your state of mind. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Um, beers tonight are donated by Gareth Parker. Thank you very much. Thank Gareth. you, Gareth. I, that's looked, very kind. I just looked up and around like he might be here with us, but he's not. Why did you mean he? I don't mean he's dead. He probably is with us somewhere. But um, thank you, Gareth, for donating the beers. They're very good, very nice. Um, and anybody that wants to listen to more episodes or is new to the podcast, you can go to our website, qprpod.co.uk, and find all episodes, ways to contact us, ways to help the podcast there. Right. Okay. There's loads to go through. We haven't podcasted for about a month uh, I believe we've played six times mm. since we last podcasted, which is partly due to Christmas and partly due to us not doing the podcast on the last week of the year, which we plan to do. So where does anyone want to start? In that time, we beat Birmingham 2-1. We drew with Bristol. We drew with Ipswich. We lost to Millwall. We beat Cardiff. And something happened on Saturday against MK Dons in the Cup. Anyone? Well... I've been to all them games, and that's about all I can say. I think Ipswich was wasn't a good game. Uh, Bristol City at home, there was there was there was green shoots in that one. Um, the Millwall game was a farce. I actually thought it was more a pantomime than a football match. Uh, and you know what what um, Ian did and the coach was just cringe, cringe, cringe. 
Just couldn't believe he did it. Could not believe it. It was like, I'm here and I'm, I've come. It's panto season, so I'm going to be a pantomime villain. And it's like, win the match, then take the mickey out of them. Don't do mm. it before the game because if, by God, if they needed an incentive, he'd give it to them one. I just don't understand what he was thinking when he did it. I just don't, cannot get my head around it. You know, it's just, obviously, I, I worry about Ian sometimes. I think that he's in his own little play and we're just a bit part of it sometimes. And that does worry me. Really? Yeah. What did you guys think of it? Well, I'll bring, I'll bring Doug in here. So you you are, explain your setup. You are in London for a year. Is that right? I'm in London for a year. I have uh, stopped working. I have always wanted to spend the season watching QPR. So I chose the glorious season of 2017-18. Where I sort of, I mean, I could see from the start, we were going to have a great season. <clears throat> we were going to stabilize ourselves in the top 20 in the championship and we're going to go through the FA Cup conceding only one goal so it's been great so far <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, look you'll, you'll tell us about Norwegian Oz as we go through but I'm guessing you go, you normally would go to a handful of games a season um, about five or six yeah yeah and and if you're going to every game you're, you're saying you've been to five or six in the last month or so presumably uh, I have been to those you didn't mention, yeah, and I've enjoyed it about as uh, much as uh, you have yourselves, I guess. And do you have a different opinion to Paul, having gone to all those games over Christmas? The most interesting thing to me was actually being locked up in a loony bin when we left Millwall, being locked up in the backyard for half an hour or whatever it was, and uh, I wasn't really prepared for that. Oh, really? I know it happens all the time, though. It does at Millwall? yeah. yeah. For whatever reason, I mean, apparently this season they've been letting away fans go first. But Swords Law would be that when we went, they let the home fans go first and let us go second. Yeah, yeah. well, to be honest with you, that was about as interesting as the match. I thought, you're 90 minutes watching that rubbish, and then 45 minutes watching the wall. I couldn't f- figure out what was worse, <laughs> to be honest with you. I think tactically, the police got it better than our manager did that day. I'm detecting... Um... What, what's your mood as far as Holloway's concerned now, Paul? I haven't seen you for a month. <laughs> Tell me where you. you are. I'm not. I'm not feeling a lot of love towards him from you. Indifference, absolutely indifference. I, 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 I go back to it time and time again. Clive hit the nail on the head last season when you when we lost those two runs of six games in Spain. If you had to make a change, there was enough evidence to do it at the end of last season, and mm. you had to do it then. They gave him his whole pre-season and everything else is fantastic. He ran up and down a hill. He he done this. He done that. Have we got any better since Hasselbank is what I would put out to the general public who have QPR fans. How have we improved any? Um, and it's an awkward one because we're not we're, we're kind of still arsing around this this relegation zone. We're not really improving, in my opinion. Um, and even though some of the youngsters are coming in, we're treating them like the messiahs or kids, you know. And I just don't. I just worry that we're, we're just going to build these kids up, and if it doesn't go right, they're going to take the blunt for the rest of the team not performing. We're in a very strange situation, but everyone keeps saying, "Well, what do we is do?" It blunt slang for like a marijuana cigarette. I think it is. It could well be. Yeah, I wouldn't know such things. For the, yeah, go on. I, 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 grew, I grew up in a middle class yeah. background. Apparently, yeah. someone called yeah. me middle class yeah. on Twitter the other day. Really? Yeah, seriously. They said, "Oh, what private school do you go to?" And I went, "Yeah, Rathcoe was full of private schools." Um... <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, I just don't know. It, the answer is, and this is what is good that you've come from nowhere. I can ask you, you and, and Morris and Dave as well. Everyone says, "Well, what do you do?" 
and you think, well, you know what? It's not our job to tell the board what to do. Then you read Tony's book, and you think, you know what? <laughs> Maybe it is our job to tell them what to do, because someone else is. And do we keep Ian because there's no one else out there? His record, if you look at it in isolation, is shocking. We've lost practically 30 games in the time he's come back. And for a championship club to lose that many games, that's, that's not good. Morris, I'll bring you in here because you haven't spoken. Well, I was, I, was, I was going to say, I mean, I think, I mean, apart from the book that Tony has written, uh, which is controversial enough, but they, it, it, I think for a fan, you wonder what on earth is going on in the chairman's mind. I mean, what, what is his thought? I mean, he, you assume that he, he believes that he did the right thing, bringing Holloway there to get the club back together, get, to make, make it feel like Rangers again, the Rangers that everyone was crying out for, bringing through youngsters. Mm. Uh, and, and developing them, but <laughs> the problem is, is that I don't think that Ian Holloway is necessary. He's the right person to unite the club, but I don't think he's. I just don't think he's a good manager. He wasn't particular. The football was not particularly good the last time he was with us. It was great that he got, he had a great team spirit, which and and to be fair to Holloway, there is the players seem to be playing the majority. And do you of not think the him. footballer is better? inconsistently under Holloway than it was under Hasselbank. Not talking about results, not talking about amount of points. Actually, points were on par to do exactly what we did last season. We're on par to get 53 points. But do you not find, we were saying those first few games of the season, it's actually quite enjoyable here and there again. Of course, there's been a lot, particularly over the last few weeks, where it hasn't been enjoyable. Mm. But I don't remember getting any flashes of particularly good football on Hasselbank, apart from that, First game of the season against Leeds, or, or or whatever it was. I mean, when we when we beat um, trouble with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, it, it was the same as Ramsey. He was on a head in the nothing because he's trying to make a name for himself. He wants to do things his way. He's, he's come in and probably didn't have the experience. I mean, Morris said before the podcast that Warnock came in and the football was awful. So, you know, we yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, but then I was thinking, as you were saying, it was thinking, but if we hadn't won them two games, we'd have got really good at. So yes. do, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like. And that's where we are now. We're just taking wins whatever way we get them. I mean, entertainment is almost secondary to to we've got to win games. Mm. And we're not winning enough games. And if it was Dean Holloway as manager with that 30 defeats, I don't know how many games, and, and, and crashing out of the cup so easily. I mean, I, I like the fact Ian says, oh, it was the stadium, it wasn't full. Well, it was fully open against Fox or Motors, and we still lost that one. So you can't mm. keep blaming the fans all the time. At the end of the day... It, it's going back a bit, though, to be fair. I've waited it years as good though, <laughs> I'll tell you I'll never get over that friggin match the next day I had about 55 Foxhall vans lined up and me, me computer would open it and emails of Foxhall this <laughs> and Foxhall that but the thing is Ian's not a bad person and I'm very worried because when we brought Jerry Francis back the second time it got nasty in the stands you know we were losing against Preston we were losing against Wimbledon we were going down rapidly and fans were turning on each other and it ruined but we're not going down rapidly. We are clearly not going down rapidly. You look at our results over we won Christmas. Six games. We won, over Christmas, we got eight points from fifteen. Granted, not champion, not championship winning form, not playoff form, but not relegation form either. We won okay. more games than we lost over Christmas. But, well, I'm not talking about MK Dons. But I mean, God forbid that we actually even got into the playoffs. I mean, the, the <laughs> last thing this team needs with. I mean, this is the worst thing about Holloway is we do not want to be promoted with Holloway's manager unless. Fernandez is prepared to actually get rid of him as soon as you get promoted. Holloway is not a Premiership manager. I don't think and he's I'm worried even, about that. And I, and I don't think these... 
quite frankly, I don't. I think he's a bit of a dinosaur as far as managing goes. I mean, it just it, it, the, the problem with this team selection. It, it just looks like a tombola. You, there seems to be no rhyme and reason to how he's actually managing the team. And it does. And to me, I, I don't know an awful lot about football, but you're a QPR they don't, fan. They, they, they don't. Welcome they, onto the podcast. They, they don't appear to being to be being coached. I mean, uh, that's an interesting point. I think Holloway admitted it when we did the podcast, didn't he? That when he was at Blackpool, he got into these stats things. And he, he said that, didn't he? He, he? he relies on these kids to come in. Well, I think he over-tinkers. I think this is Ian Holloway 2.0 for Ian Holloway. And since his Sky stint, it's mm. almost like he now knows too much about football. And he, over, he kind of said that when we got him on. He okay. over-analyzes it. And I think as a consequence of that, that's why he changes the team and changes He's got a different idea for every half of a game because he's almost now, A, studied too much football and B, he's got in the back of his mind that people think Ian Holloway's a tactical, you know, tactical kind of dinosaur. And so he overcompensates for it by changing everything every minute of every game almost. I think that's, that was clear when we played Millwall and um, it's which the two teams are so set up so differently in a short space of time and... You know, players. I would like him to fight. You know, as I, as I turned around and said on the day, we're nearly in January then, as it were, and he still doesn't know his best team, and he hasn't got a clue what his best team is, and he's still th- thought in. I mean, luckily, but is, is is that fair? I mean, as fans looking at the players that we've got, does anyone here feel they could confidently name the best team? I, I, I don't. I, don't I, I, I see name the best some, midfield. Yeah, but then we... but even they're not scoring enough goals. I mean, we, we, you know, Freeman's now starting to dilly dally with the ball too much and not release mm. it quickly enough because is he losing fear from the forwards? The tactics that we played Saturday was Wimbledon eighties all over, just wh- whacking upfield for Smith to, to them for the, to try and get the young lad to latch onto it, and it's kind of you know. And then we brought Eze on and stuff, and I just think that we we need to be really really careful with these kids that we don't ruin them. I mean, I know if we're crying out for kids, otherwise they'll take a blunt. For everyone else, <laughs> uh, I got a question for you. I'm sure I said, bro. Anyway, I, I got a question for you. Six. What happened six years ago today? Does anybody know? Six years ago today. Um, well, I, I, I know because it wasn't an FA Cup draw. That's it for was sure. my brother's wedding. Happy anniversary again! <laughs> and at the wedding, we heard the news that Neil Warnock had been sacked. Oh right, okay. Six years ago today. It's as long ago as that. Do hmm. you think we are further along? Well, what you have to ask yourself, or I would say, is that when we've never gone above where he left us when he was sacked. That's the highest we've had in them six years in the Premiership. We haven't gone above that. So clearly, we haven't improved, if you want to be blunt about mm. it. Um, it's a tricky one. Don't worry. I open the beer can. Don't what worry. Do you, what do you think? No, I am. Uh, we we have not moved along, but we have been sacking manager after manager after manager, mm, and it point. never helps. I was not very happy when Ian Holloway was appointed last time, but that was basically emotional because I I liked the guy so much. I didn't want to be around the day when he gets sacked the second time. Mm. Hasn't happened yet. It's pretty inevitable. It at some stage will happen. Uh, then the question is, of course, how much of our problem is Holloway and how much is the fact that uh, we have a group of players and basically then we're talking forward players who simply don't have the quality. Uh, are you blaming Holloway because he hasn't found better talent? Are you blaming Fernandez because there's no money around? I mean, you can't 
uh, just stand up and get a 20 goal a season striker just because we'd like to have one mm. so when you're talking he doesn't know his best team to me it sounds like he doesn't know his best forward line because our back line has been all over the place because of injuries mm-hmm. we have a middle three that's been uh, as stable as anything uh, over the last few decades but we have nobody up front who is able to uh, convert mm. chance so to me it's not about the team not performing it's about the top third mm. not performing and um, as I said I is it can Holloway coach people who basically look like they do not have the qualities, the abilities that we would like them to have? But all these players have been signed in, in recent seasons. But, is it, but it's also the other thing is saying the top three aren't performing. Well, the, the top two, one, depending on which game it is. Mm-hmm. But the supply to them is shocking. I mean, there's nothing worse than sitting there and they play it on the ground for a bit. And then before you know it, it's just being lumped up the field. I mean, earlier in the season, it was Connor there, five foot nothing, trying to control these high balls coming in. It was just, it was just frustrating. Well, I think you've got to remember yes. as well, we've, we've paid a lot of money for Silla, Yeni, Washington. was a massive amount of money for a championship club to spend. Um, the midfield, Freeman, probably the buy of the season. Uh, Sky and equally as good. Um, Luongo, oh, uh, apart from Saturday. Luongo yeah. cost three million. Don't believe what we paid for the other fellow. We that was purely for him. He just came as a mega wit. Um and um, Gladwin. That was it. And it's kind of like so. When, it's not like this is a this is a cheaply assembled team. I mean, Lynch cost a lot of money. Smithies cost a lot of money. You're right about the quality, but then <laughs> it, what I'm thinking about is it. Are we scouting right? Is it too late now to try and get that right? I mean, do we did get Penrice and Les down the training ground to work with the strikers? Something's clearly not right because we're now putting our hopes on a kid who played in the Irish League, you know, and that's that's that, that's a worry. Well, I suppose the counter to that would be the green shoots or whatever, whatever you mm. want to call it mm. are there, and it just needs time. And they all need time. And the one, th- the one thing you can say about these last five, six games is all the youngsters who they've been blooding the last few games and earlier in the season as well. So uh, uh, um, the, f- the fellow we got from Blackpool, I know he's not a youngster, but, you know, a kind of a new right. signing. Uh, S- Smith, Chair, o- Ote, if I pronounced his name right. They've all, they've all featured. Mm. Um, we can't wrap up the Holloway manager discussion without talking about the controversy of last week which I referred to in the intro, which was a passage in Ian... T- in, uh, <laughs> a passage in Tony Fernandez's book, which... That was a Freudian slip if I heard one. Yeah. Which um, was talking about when, after mm. they appointed Jimmy Floyd... After they let Jimmy Floyd Housebank go, and they were talking about who the manager was going to be. Uh, I mean, this is what it said. After This is uh, Tony Fernandez talking. After we let Jimmy go, we looked at all kinds of managers. Then... Our head of communications, Ian Taylor, who's a sounding board for me, said, why don't you try Ian Holloway? On the other hand, Lee Hughes uh, and Les Ferdinand were a bit unsure. The view was that although he was a former player and probably one of the most energetic managers around, he might not be strategic enough to move the club on. And then that somebody tweeted that picture, that passage, and then Twitter went crazy. Mm, it certainly did. It also can't be good for Holloway. <laughs> That's been written. I mean, it's... 
I don't know what Fernandez is thinking of, but that is just mad to to let anyone know to do that publish to it. write that. Absolutely, to, is Absolutely. it mad just to publish it or mad to do it? I'll tell you what, look, I proofread the damn thing. Yeah, what that book? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> ain't good. Even I noticed the spelling mistakes. Um, there's threefold. Morris has hit nail on the head there as well when he said. Holloway's knowing that Lee Hughes and Les don't really want them there is not good. Secondly, it should be a board decision. Like, you know, you shouldn't be talking to look in the corridor like, going, "What do you have? You had a cappuccino and a and a croissant. Oh, why don't you bring in Holloway back? That's not a bad shout. Raise <laughs> two sugars, please. Um, Hang on, though. You are assuming quite. You've added quite a lot to the story. He didn't say. I'm. Pr- I am presuming that, okay. that was then a board decision thereafter. But he's put the book, so it must have been quite a big. No, no, no. But what I mean is that that in Taylor suggesting it. Right. If that happened, there's only one part of the whole story. No, great. Then they would have interviewed him, then the board would have approved it, I'm guessing, and then all the rest of it. And there's no way that Hughes and Ferdinand wouldn't have come round to it, right? Right? Mm. I don't know. I, don't, I, I think it's naive. I, I can it's see naive. Hughes coming round to it from the point of view that the last time that Ian was at the club, we were, <laughs> we were in administration, and we were starting a season with, what was it, six players or something ridiculous like that. And he managed to, to sort QPR through that. And who uh, uh, knows that with a fine coming or p- and potentially how big it was or it turned out to be, that the club is in serious, serious trouble financially. Mm. Um, and who might be better to do it than someone who has a record of dealing with QPR when we were in dire straits last time. But then you've also got to look but, at... Sorry. Then again, how much I, I don't know enough about how much um, who knows about football managers. Well, he's used to be fair. He's probably the most experienced football person at the club from this job. Very true, very true. Um, and, and a great appointment. In, in yeah, my he's team. been. He's probably the. You never see him publicise himself. He's just getting on with things. He must be chewing his, his own head sometimes. I tell you, I would have done that job. But the thing is, I just think the whole thing didn't need to be in the book. We didn't need to know that. Yeah. It only it only yeah. put, goes out there and creates more diversion away from what should be really talked about. And it also shows that, and I've said this for ages, that Tony is not a bad human being. He spent a lot of money trying to make the club better, but his decisions at times are baffling and he listens to too many people. If you think of like, this is only an example of like Hughes, Rake, Redknapp, all them people have absolutely spanked our club mm. for their own benefit and walked away with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And the club has been in a worse position. And you can kind of see from that little passage, you can see how easy it is to get inside Tony's head. doesn't make him a bad person. doesn't make him a weak person. I just don't know what the hell he's thinking half the time, and that scares me. And he's, well, so this is just a personal view. I have no evidence for this. I doubt his version of events, only because he kind of has form with that. And, you know, he sort of misremembers things, makes things up. What I think is certain, though, because you've seen it before, is that, he doesn't maybe he did but as a PR person myself as you know I work in PR he probably didn't consult the right people before this book went out because as everybody has said there's no way that should be in the book now I have been passed manuscripts from clients books before and told to check them and take out anything that shouldn't be in there and I just highly doubt that was ever done I mean just looking at the few pages I've seen there's spelling errors all over it so it's either not been checked by a proper... It's neither not been proofread properly or um, it's been proofread by an idiot. But I think this whole problem could have been avoided, couldn't it? Because actually, regardless of whether it did or didn't happen, shouldn't be in there. 
Exactly. And to be honest with you, it, 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 again, it creates more arguments, more abuse on Twitter, and doesn't make him look as perfect. But one of the criticisms that's aimed at Tony, rightly or wrongly, is he's not hands-on enough because he's not around enough. I mean... Phil Beard was probably one of the worst appointments ever at our football club. Oh, but he built the Millennium Dome or whatever it was called. Aye, uh, whatever. Yeah, but you can see why he was appointed. It was more to do with the new stadium and building something that... How's that up. going? <laughs> uh, but but you, I mean, you could see some rationale behind yeah. appointing Phil Beard. It was nothing to do with QPR. It was to do with a new stadium, having a stadium that would, be, that would fund the team through all its other events. Nothing to do with QPR except allowing it to yeah, but be he was self-funding. Still- but totally the wrong appointment. It was I, still wrong. I mean, more. I would have given him, a, I would have given, him a, I would have given him a box of Lego, and <laughs> and, and told him about that because I'm not saying it's Philip Beard, but there was a chief executive for QPR who I will not name, who was dealing with the player, and he actually phoned up the club that we were kind of at war with, bidding with, for, to find out how much they were paying him. Now that's ridiculous. You know, you don't phone up the other club and say, have you really offered him this amount of money? Because that's a lot of money and we're not sure if we should be offering that sort of money. He was out of his debt for football. And anyone that has Chelsea as a password to the computer is not going to do well at QPR. <laughs> Did he really have that? I'm saying nothing. <laughs> okay. We've gone 25 minutes into, th- into the podcast without talking about our FA Cup record. Good. <laughs> and by the way, if he wants to sue me, I have no money. Best of luck. Right, go on. Who's going to see you? I don't know, somebody. I'm having a bad week. Someone will probably sue me. Um, we lost in the FA Cup again. No shit, Sherlock. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll recite the stats that probably everybody knows off by heart by now. Saturday's defeat in the third round of the FA Cup to MK Dons. For what? It seems like we lose to them in the third round of the FA Cup every uh, year. MK McDonald's, as I call them. Um, it's now 21 years since we won a tie outright mm-hmm. and it's 22 years since we last won a third round tie at the first time of asking right. and I've seen a couple of conflicting stats but we're either the worst or the joint worst I think we're actually the worst now Plymouth was the other one in the it? FA Cup no, I think third we round Plymouth. I thought we got a, I think Saturday we went, actually went above them that's what I was told well that's what I thought it was going to be because I thought we were joint last year and, but, okay. But okay no we're definitely the best at being bad and we're <laughs> right. definitely the best worst FA Cup we're in the top two of the worst um, so 1996 1996 was the last time we won an FA Cup third round tie outright. I've got a little quiz for you here, actually. I thought, well, how can we talk about this? The following. Did QPR last win an FA Cup tie before or after the following world events happened? Go on. The Monica Lewinsky scandal. Did QPR win an FA Cup third round tie the first time of asking before... Or after the Monica Lewinsky scandal? I would say, That's how long ago it was, you know. <laughs> uh, I would say before. I would before. say after, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I would guess after. Maybe it took a while bef- from the actual things happens in the corridor to the White House until the, the news break. Well, the <laughs> we world <laughs> had not heard of Monica Lewinsky before 1998 so Monica Lewinsky came after our that happened after our last FA Cup third round win okay OJ Simpson trial was that before or after our last outright FA Cup third round win Uh, I would say after then I'm not going to call it twice Personally, I think it's after, but it's, <laughs> all of these things are so far away in that, the distance. That was before. That oh, okay. was 1995. Hong Kong independence. Hand in glove. Uh, that was 99. 
That was 1997. So Hong Kong has been independent for less time than, than since that last FA Cup third round tie that we won. Good Friday agreement. Oh, that definitely hasn't happened. Yeah. That hadn't happened. That was 1998. Ice Ice Baby released. Um, that was about 2000, wasn't it? Ice Ice Baby was before. Was before. That predates our terrible FA Cup third round record. Well, at the time we won our last FA Cup third round tie, we'll take that still together, first time round. You need young girls for this. This is the wrong (laughs) quiz for us. Um, I would say yes. Uh, Take that word together. Wannabe by the Spice Girls had not been released yet. Jesus wept. Um, Two more. Were Charles and Diana married? Yes. No, they were divorced. She died by then. Wrong. Charles and Diana were still married the last time. (laughs) QPR won in the third round. And Titanic. Had that film come out. Not Titanic happened, the film. Had Titanic come out before or after that win in 1996? I haven't never watched it. I have no idea. Titanic came out after. It, Titanic came out after. Actually, that's a lie. I have watched it. It was a terrible film. So, and it's one of them things you think, I know the ending to this. What's the friggin' point? Like our record in the <laughs> FA Cup third round. Uh, it, I like the a shocking, shocking bunch of world events have happened after But do you, we the worst one. thing is, we actually took it seriously on Saturday. The team selection certainly was a lot more serious than it has been. Normally we play the cleaner. Yeah. We put the guy from the box office in. We throw someone in from the, the um, turnstiles. And it was actually, we seemed to take it seriously. And I've got to say as well, it's the worst MK side I've ever seen us play as well, which is even more worrying that they didn't come down with some kind of motivation, play really well. They were shocking. I mean, their keeper was petrified. I mean, you know, he was taking so long to take goal kicks because he was terrified to go anywhere near the ball. It was like, but we didn't test him. You know, and it's just, ah, it's so frustrating because this year everyone's taking the FA Cup seriously because City are winning the league so easily. And it would have been a great year to get some of the big boys at Rangers, get an atmosphere back going again, get some... Well, we took it seriously. Well, with the team selection, Exactly, and it just annoys me because, like, you know, the club is saying things like, oh, we haven't got any money, we haven't got this, we haven't got that, we need to rebuild. What better way to rebuild confidence and stability with a decent cup run and actually giving a good account of yourself instead of just dandering out, sleepwalking, as we do every frigging year? Don't even frigging enter next year. Do you know, put the the youth team in, put the women's team in, do something, just... There's no point, you know. It's the fact that half the ground's empty is embarrassing. That's how little we, we, we have cared about the FA Cup. That's how bad our record is. It doesn't matter who the manager is. It's got to change. And it's just not good enough to give fans that kind of game season after season after season after season. It's horrendous and the club should be really embarrassed. What do you do? What do you do? Nick all the balls. Take our, our ball out the pot and just don't say, oh, I don't know. The thing Here's is, a new idea. Give all season ticket holders FA Cup games. Or at least the, F, the first home game. Why not? the away team has to agree with it. Rubbish. That's, That's true. not true. They have that to. Can't you be have true. to. Yeah, the gate money. Is, there's something to do with gate money. They have to. They have to. Agree. The gate money's divided fifty-fifty. So. This is Harry. So Harry, our engineer, who you yeah, can't. I would imagine also. Uh, hang on, hang on. So you can't hear anyone listening. Can't hear Harry because he hasn't got a mic. He's engineering for us tonight, and he's saying that Arsenal fans get FA Cup games yeah, as part of their season tickets. How's that going this year? <laughs> yeah, not well. 
Um, yeah, but so there I, you go. I, no, hang on. I'm pretty there goes the Finney theory. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure in cup games, both clubs have to agree prices. I'm pretty sure in that. Okay. Let's assume, let, imagine we can find a way to do it, should we find a way to do it. Absolutely. Because then everyone would go, and at least we're giving ourselves the best I don't the know if they chance. would, you know. I, I know loads of people who didn't go Saturday, who the, the money wasn't a problem. They're just sick to death of watching us play crap and cups. And I, just I, I, be I got as far as the grounds, or parking for the ground on Saturday, and just decided against. I just couldn't face the fact that if we lost, I just didn't want to be in that atmosphere. I just didn't want to so be you there. you went to the match and then I turned went, around? I, I parked and then turned around and came back. And that's even after seeing the team selection. I just had a really... I just got a bad feeling about Rangers at the moment. I've been fortunate that I've only... I've, I've mainly seen QPR win this season, mm. uh, bar the Brentford home game. But uh, I just had a bad feeling about it. It's, we can't do that. It's, it's a bit like going to Nottingham Forest. I mean, I, I go there regularly in the hope that I'll be there to watch us win at Forest. Mm. It seems to be the same with cup games. It's just... It's painful. That's a it's, set of fantastic records we've got there, isn't it? The Forest record, gosh. which I think is the worst any away ground in the league, and, and this FA Cup record. I mean, we've got the worst start in the Premier League as well. I mean, you, you've got plenty of good, bad records. Plenty. Of, we're really good at being bad. <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, everyone's. And this is, is we, we haven't really discussed this at length, and maybe we should quickly go over it. Do you keep the manager because you're not sure there's anyone else who can do a better job? What do we do? What do we do? We stick or twist? Well, the, the question there is, is whether you trust Fernandez and whoever's advising him to make a good selection to be manager. And uh, no, I think you. Okay. I, I think you don't change managers in the middle of the season if you don't have to. Whether we do at the end of the season is a different matter. I. I, my view on his appointment was it was just a shrug of the shoulders. It was why not? Can't think of anything else. So let's go for Holloway and see how it goes. Uh, and you're right, we're probably no further along. So I think I don't think you make a change now um, because I I'd like to stick with Holloway down. because it it simply I'm I'm so exhausted by the idea of of changing around yeah. all the time. I do not believe we're going to go down. I do believe we're going to be in the top twenty in the championship, and uh, then let us see um, who else is going to develop a little bit by next season. I mean, Paul Smith or Smythe? Smith. We Smith. have an abundance of Smiths now. Yeah. In the team. We're like a tribute band. Yeah. I mean he he's not gonna he's not gonna lift us uh this year, but he might and some of his young mates might lift us a little bit. I mean that is typical year QPR, that. isn't it? He plays he, he one good game, amazing goal, great great per, um somersault, uh, which is obviously why we sent Loire Loire back. because um, we had one already in the bag. Um and now he's the next big thing. Slightly over oh. I, I, I think I th- sorry, go on. Yeah, my point is not that I think is the next big thing. My point is, was it you saying that we can't expect the young kids to lift the team short term? Okay, but maybe maybe some of them can lift the team longer term. We do not know that. So for that reason, I'm willing to stick with Holloway because I don't think we're going to go uh, down. And I would like to give him another chance for the simple reason that it makes us look less bad, not changing about every year. I, my worry is that he he um, 
he doesn't he, he swaps players too much like Wheeler comes in plays a couple of games out Bright Samuel comes in plays a couple of games out Young Smith has come in uh, Cher's come in he, he, he's t- if you've got to play these kids you have to give them runs in the team you have to keep them you have to keep fear for them you have to build them up you have to work with them you have to almost be a, a fatherly figure to these kids because you know Young Smith has come from a, from back home and he's come over here and it's a massive the championship is the Irish Northern Irish you got in trouble for that the other day by the way <laughs> I knew exactly what you were doing that when I thought oh David here he goes again um, David opens up the peace talks um <laughs> As you do, um, and I, one thing I, I liked about Young Smith, and I like it about Bright Samuel as well. They don't have fear yet. You know, they've, <laughs> they've got this thing of like they'll just go for it, and it's like they haven't been booed yet. They haven't been, and I just I love the enthusiasm he had, and he he actually went for it, and he is actually a QPR fan, believe it or not. He does support QPR, which I find Paul I, Smith. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of any reason learning. why. Yeah, he, he um he he loved us during the um season we went up and got into it and he, he loved watching QPR so because I you know mentioned it and he was like yeah I'm a QPR which fan. season we went up uh, under Monarch oh he's young isn't he yeah so he's very young I think it, then he was in his prime now <laughs> and um, the, the good thing is he's forgiven because his girlfriend's a Glenn Torren fan so he's absolutely fine now my big but the thing is that's the way forward you were right about that player was like Bright Smith Wheeler I'm not sure but he's 26 he, he might make it he might not it's, but I can see why we took the gamble on him and them sort of things but they're not going to get better unless they play regularly, even as, as a sub, as whatever. You can't keep bringing them in, taking them out, changing them. I mean, Bryce Samuel came on the other week and he's played three different positions. You know, you've got to... These are kids. You've got to stick to the plan. You've got to help them through. You've got to nurture them. You've got to make them better. And Holloway's record at Millwall wasn't great. It was shocking. And his record for, for changing teams all the time, I would like him to stick with the team, give that team a chance... Because this this continuum thinking is not helping anyone. We haven't got loads of time left. Let's talk about something a bit more interesting than what QPR is providing us with at the moment. Uh, Norwegian Ars. Or QPR Norway. QPR Norway. So, uh, Doug, tell us about it. You've brought in this array of kind of QPR Norway merchandise, books, magazines. You're wearing your QPR Norway top. Tell us about it. How many members, first of all? We have uh, roughly 600 wow. members. <laughs> uh, people pay uh, 600. I didn't realise there was that 30. many loonies in uh, Newcastle. In Newcastle. Newcastle. Oh, Newcastle. <laughs> Sorry. Is yeah. anyone listening in Newcastle? I do apologise for David's <laughs> stupidity. Uh, Carry on. You know, people pay to, um, to get a magazine four times a year, sort of uh, kick up the arse style and format. It's yeah. top quality as well, to yeah. be fair. Uh, the pictures are great. Probably because uh, we don't have any of you on the front page. So, they- <laughs> <laughs> oh, we better laugh though. Uh, um, you- I always like the Swedish shapes. I'm going to talk to you about them. <laughs> what I like is you've brought in a, a, a book, kind of quite a, a big hardbound, hist- hardback bound history book um, of Norwegian ours, and you've got an article in there. It's all written in Norwegian, apart from the headline on page 33, which is QPR. Six Chelskum nil. Ah, superb. That Which I didn't cro- realise Chelskum was a Norwegian word. It's brilliant. It just crosses so many barriers. Doesn't we it? are we are trying to introduce it, of course, with language, and I think we're going to have uh, a lot of success with that. That article is an interview with the guy who was at the match. There are um, about a dozen short interviews with individual members, 
and uh, this chap was at a match, and uh, the chat we had with him is angled on on uh, on that game. Uh, Why are there so many members? That six hundred sounds like a lot. Some of us are old enough to uh, date back to the 1970s. I'm afraid that includes myself. I was here first time in 1972, so I have been around a while. Uh, Bloody glory hunters. We have had English football regularly on TV in Norway since 1969. Uh, Everybody sort of had to have a team. And uh, why you end up with QPR, for a lot of people, it's a coincidence. Um, there's a, we, we, the book you're mentioning is uh, the history of uh, 25 years of uh, QPR Norway. It was, uh, the club was founded in 1989 and this book was uh, done in 2014. Uh, it has uh, all, the, um, all the games that QPR has played in Scandinavia to our knowledge. There is a annual um, Norwegian Supporters Cup where roughly 40 supporters clubs affiliated with British clubs are taking part. And uh, half the book is the QPR history of that particular uh, tournament. It's a great social event. We've had uh, Stan Bowles in Oslo for that tournament. We've had Brilliant. Phil Parks, Ian Gillard, Mark Bircham over for that tournament so we uh, turn it into a social thing of course uh, even though we uh, we don't get knocked out in the first round every time <laughs> uh, we've actually won it once and we've been uh, in the semi-final before or about after three, the independence of Hong Kong <laughs> or America <laughs> yeah. uh, 1990 one two three something they're gonna hang me for not remembering the year but I, I, I wasn't there right. yet so um, I pretend I'm ignorant on that thing but, um, yeah, why QPR? Uh, the guy who founded the supporters club, he became a QPR fan because uh, he thought his uncle looked so much like Phil Parks, or maybe it was the other uh, way around. And you were saying before he was eight years old when uh, he founded the Q- then he, QPR uh, No, Norway. not when he founded uh, the supporters club, but when he realized that uh, his uncle looked like Phil Parks. And then... Uh, <laughs> You get hooked on something. I was 13 myself uh, when uh, they were at Wembley in 1967. And uh, I read about it in the paper and I thought the name of the club was cool. Mm. So that was my reason to be uh, starting following QPR in the newspapers. Then, of course, the next season we uh, were in the second division. We were promoted and I thought I had found myself uh, a bunch of winners. (laughs) And I stuck to it. Oh, dear. That's my tragic story. Do you have a Norwegian team? Uh, yes, I am from Trondheim, so okay. Rosenborg is my uh, local team. And do you see Rosenborg more or QPR more in the typical I season? see QPR more uh, because I haven't lived in Trondheim for uh, quite a number of years. And uh, I have been commuting more to see QPR in London and England than I have to my hometown to see my, my local team. So I've definitely seen QPR a lot more. I've been to, well, before this season, I've been to something like hundred games and then it's uh what Fantastic. is it by now 25 more something like that great it reminds me there's a fellow at Ipswich not trying to steal your thunder here by the way and um he'd come from China and I think the two games he picked was Ipswich and Millwall <sighs> didn't yeah. see it's poor sword well uh, uh, 
welcome. How how can people follow you? Get in touch. I'm uh, presuming you're on Twitter. Uh, we are on QPR.no. That's the easiest uh, way to find us. It's okay. uh, fairly easy to uh, remember for most people. Uh, you, of course, need a minimum of uh, language skill in Norwegian to navigate around the site. Right. Or we go on Chrome via Google Chrome and we click translate and then I'm, we're fine. I'm yep. really upset. I'm really upset we didn't get you on the podcast earlier because I, you could have taught me Norwegian when I was over there for how much of the pound. And then how much again in a, you know, how much is the pound? 15 quid. Fair enough. <laughs> In some parts of Oslo for a pound. Fifteen ne- quid. You yeah. you found the cheap shop then. <laughs> I nearly shat myself, honestly. That's I'm, nice. I'll tell you. <laughs> and that was before you drink it. It's it, it, it's it's very. I mean, <laughs> I'm presuming you watch games in Norway and you stick to water. You're presuming wrong. Oh, <laughs> at their prices. But it's fantastic because I mean, you can you see know, why it's cheaper to fly to London to watch QPR than it is to actually stay there and drink. But the weather spoons is cheaper to get a drink every day. I'd say one thing though, it is pretty damn impressive when you boys are walking down, girls were walking down the road in your Norwegian colours, the Norwegian flags up. It kind of makes because we've been sitting here today and we've been up being quite negative. I can't say about anybody else about QPR this that, and the other and morning. These guys make such a journey to come over here, make such a a, a pilgrimage to the home. And it, it makes me feel sad that I'm always so bloody miserable. I apologise for that because you guys inspire so many of us and you should always be doing that. And, it, and I'm just sorry that you chose this year to follow QPR, but it's a shame you didn't do it in 2010. Yeah. We have, um, this season, we have 14 season tickets. We have wow. uh, 18 Fick in the Premier either. League. In the Premier League, we, w- we would have close to 30 people regularly at home matches. Yeah. Uh, there's not quite that much in uh, the championship, of course, but uh, we have, as I said, 14 seats. We fill 75% on average this year. That's not bad going, is it? Uh, no, it's not so bad. It's, More uh, than half the seats course, around near me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, of course, easier for people to uh, find their own tickets uh, in, in the championship, but yeah. we are we have still been hanging on to our uh, season tickets in case we might go up ha 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 but that's been uh, the reasoning so far i don't Very think you should worry too much about that. Uh, okay we we've got to finish up can i just but, ask one more question yes. Sorry, one, one more thing has this thing that qpr are doing now because of offshore matches abroad um for a fiver has that helped with things that you can actually watch as as well don't ask me because I've been it's here been all here. season and I have not I tried think it on he's been here all, all season I know but I, I, I'm, I'm talking I'm so asking him on behalf of the Norwegian yeah. Oz That's a I do know I do know a lot of people who uh, do follow the matches online yes uh, whether it has helped our following in general, I honestly can't tell you because uh, we have to wait until end of May when we sum up our membership. I mean, we have paying members, so we can uh, very easily count them by the end of May if we have more or less than we had the year before. But um, it's fairly stable now on 570, 580. We had uh, 630, 40 in the Premier League, so we haven't really lost all Pretty that good. much. Pretty good. Well, I actually think it's a great idea having the matches online, to be fair. I mean, yeah. uh, the club have done well in that one, if I'm being honest. Um, right. We, we have to finish the podcast. We've got enough time for a quick pull. I haven't said a word. Ours end, uh, which is anything else, any other business, really, anything else that you haven't said, wanted to say about QPR. Mine will be very quick. 
Mark Hughes. <laughs> we did warn them, David, didn't we? We put that in the service station. Remember? Your we brilliant did. idea. We did. Which was one of the worst things you've ever done. This, we warned them. This we was when Mark Hughes got the job at Stoke. We put an advert in a petrol station. The QPR podcast put an advert on a screen in a petrol station in Stoke saying thanks for nothing to Mark Hughes for everything. But there is something that's slightly more worrying. I don't know if anyone remembers it at the time when Fernandez was interviewed about Mark Hughes. And he said he wouldn't ever rule him out as coming back to the club. And I would. I would. Well, he also said that Mike Rigg was the biggest and best signing we've ever made. And if he didn't work out, he would resign. Yeah. He's never been relegated, though. Because if you get sacked mid-season, you can't get relegated. I must admit, that after the cup match, it was the only thing that cheered me up, and that's pretty woeful as a QPR fan. The only thing that makes you happy is that Egypt getting sacked. But it did cheer me up, and I hate him. If Alan McDonald hit him, which he did, that was good enough for me. I never liked him, <laughs> never wanted him anywhere near the place, can't stand the man, always hated him. I was asked on my Facebook site the other day, uh, who do you actually hate most, Mark Hughes or Donald Trump? <laughs> and uh, because... I've been posting a few, uh, what should I, I say, minor comments on, on each individual. And uh, I think I'm going to go for Donald Trump now because uh, now Mark Hughes has been sacked. So we just have to wait for somebody to sack Donald Trump. And they, it's going to be a perfect I year. thank you because I think who do you hate most, Mark Hughes or Donald Trump, has to be the title of this podcast. Mm. <laughs> both, both, both in their own heads believe they're geniuses. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember we had? I was talking to someone on the way down today with me, Alan, and uh, we're talking about when we had Mark Bowen on the uh, podcast. That was a, one of the best interviews we ever had. That was also I had. He had no ideas. It was when it was really going wrong. Oh yeah, right at the end. For that, that is one of the most embarrassing co- podcasts for a. Oh, for a we've done a lot of embarrassing no, podcasts. Did, Even if it be hosted, <laughs> Jesus. But for him to just admit that he hadn't got a bloody clue, it, uh, t- terrifying. It, if any anybody fan. can be bothered, when did he get sacked? Whenever it was, 2012, yeah. end of 2012. Listen to it, we interviewed Mark Bowen, and it was towards the end of that round. I think he'd had a just, few. He, he had potentially had a few, and he, he, they'd run out of ideas. He had no explanation. Right, we do need to move along. Morris. I haven't done the end. Oh, yes, Morris. We'll, we'll come well, to you, I mean, because we know you get upset if you're not last. Morris. <laughs> The, the, the question that I, I find hardest is is those that hope that we lose at places like Burton on Saturday so that the manager gets sacked. I can never understand no, the mentality of any fan that wants their team to lose. Um, I, I the, hope we get a result on Saturday. Yeah, nothing else to be said on that. I totally agree. Um, that, that shutter you can hear is uh, dog taking some pictures of us it's fine my face will break any camera Paul what's your R's end we'll, we'll let our Norwegian guest go last what's your what's your R's end I'm just kind of still I noticed you put a tweet out earlier on and said how many times I mentioned Paul Smith and I think this is oh, yeah. maybe the third time I mentioned him I don't know but I, I, I enjoy it when I don't look he's from Belfast I'm from Belfast it's nice to see a Belfast kid come through as you would probably see when you it's see nice Norwegian to see a kid come, come through yeah from Good scouting, which it obviously was, yeah. um, and everything else. And I was delighted that he scored. I wish I put a fiver on it, but I'm the worst gambler ever. And it was nice to see a kid come on and smile and, and look like they wanted it. And I just hope he continues to do that. But one thing I, 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 I was thinking on the way home afterwards, you know, as much as we build these kids up when they have great games, we've also got to support them when they have bad games. Mm. I don't want to hear any more booing of kids at QPR. I don't want any more groans. Oh my God, what's he doing? Everything else. Let's. We want the kids to come through. We want them to work. The likes of Donnell, 
the likes of Paul, um, Bright Samuel, everyone like that. That we've got to support these kids because Loftus Road is a small ground. I hear everything, and I would I want us to go back to that and support the kids. Mm. But the other thing I like to say, which I think is really important for QPR fans, is that you know today is a fourth round draw for the FA Cup, and how shocked are we? And how will we cope with seeing who we would have got? It's like who would we have got, David? I don't know. I'm going to have a look now. Yeah, I because mean, because we don't know. That's the only thing about our FA Cup draw that's exciting, isn't it? Who would we have got if we had not lost to Foxall or MK or every other bugger that comes down and beats us every friggin' season? And Dave's still looking, so I'm going to still chat. I don't him. think it's been done yet. At the time we, I thought it was done earlier on. Was it? That no, doesn't matter. Anyway, maybe. Well, you, oh, he's taking a photograph of Harry. Harry's going to be very... Uh, his obscurity is going to be blown here. Dog, what would you like to say in this R's end? I would like to say that uh, whatever you do, stay till the end. I uh, Thanks, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. I heard Ian Holloway after Brentford, and I applauded him. And uh, I'm a bit uh, shocked that fans cannot handle being told off by their own manager when they are uh, leaving early and uh, let's face it fa- fans throw so much abuse among themselves and you can't even handle a manager telling you that maybe you should have stayed three more minutes so stay till the end I don't think it was that I think what people got upset about was he said that he hoped they missed the last buses and trains home let's uh, not go there. am I supposed to get the last word here or not <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> very good um, I'll give you that one the answer, the answer is Coventry at home. We would have got Coventry at home. Oh, could Dons. you just see that? We would have got a nil-nil draw, and then it would be to the worst ground in the country. No, Com- at Loftus. Sorry, we would have been at home. I know, but we would have drawn nil-nil. Yeah. And it would be a replay at Highfield Road. It's just no, the worst. Rico. 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 It's just that horrible... Oh, you want to see it? We played the first game, though, and it wasn't supposed to be open. It's weird how they got a, a, a health and safety in that one. Very David. quick, very quick... Predictions for Saturday. No one's listening to this podcast. Burton away. Predictions go. I think that I would like to see us win. We need to win, and I'm going to nil because if we don't win, I am seriously going to get worried about the rest of the season. We have to win. Simple as that. I think we'll win. I think we'll get another away win fairly soon after the last one. One nil. I'm afraid I'm not as optimistic as that. I think it's just going to be nil nil. Oh, it won't be no. I don't think it'll be. one one. I mean, we we never do an away game not letting in a goal, do we? One one. Uh, we didn't let in a goal at Ipswich. Um, but yeah, I, I get I, I, the, I get the gist of what you're saying. Um, right, good podcast. Even if I've graded it myself before we finished uh, recording. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. So tonight's Monday. We recorded on a Monday this week because um, there's an event at the club tomorrow, but we'll be back all being well next Tuesday Do you know what we haven't night. done, David? Do what you haven't done? And I think it's up to me. Is to thank our loyal listeners for sticking with us for 2017 and being the best part of the podcast or use and listen to it. Not us. We talk shade. I couldn't agree more. Thank, thank you. you, everyone who listened to us last year. Thank you for listening to us this year. Happy New Year. And here's to a win at Burton. Come on, you ass. UPR, UPR, Richmond Rangers.